I know that you've all been prepared for this, but I thought I'd just remind you just the same. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. I want to buy some uh, radio ad time. Welcome back to another episode. I'm your host, Vince Green. I'm your host, Noel John Tui. We got Carmack in the back. This is Evasion of the Dark Side. Let's get to it, motherfuckers. All right, Noel, we're back for another episode, another crossover episode. Last time we talked about was the Glass Trilogy. And this time uh, uh, we'll uh, go look at the Blade Trilogy. They're like... We spoke about uh, superhero uh, franchises that kind of cross the line or tread the line or whatever between the horror genre and the Blade's superhero an excellent genre. example of that. And Blade, yeah, one of the forebears of the superhero genre. Oh, absolutely, really. yeah. You know, before X-Men, before you had just Spider-Man and Tobey Maguire. Before we're in the fourth fucking phase of the Marvel Universe. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, like without Blade, like, you don't... Like, I mean, he's one of, like... Yeah, it was a, one of the only uh, R-rated superhero movies as well. Like, first- and it came out in 98. But, like, you know, everyone talks about Deadpool kind of, like, pushing the envelope and showing that it can be profitable yeah. to make a, a film this and just, just for kids, you know, that can be quite violent. Uh, but fucking Blade. Like, Blade's opening five minutes. Yeah. It's just Iconic. like a, night, a nightclub full of blood, pretty much. Like a, uh, we see it from the But it was. Of- it rains blood just before the shit goes down. It's just absolutely iconic. Yeah, and, like... Um, what, what, what I was going to say to you was that, like, literally, it showed to people that superhero movies can not only be profitable, but you can be expansive in the genres you explore, the areas, like, in terms of demographic that you explore. Like, you can have an R-rated Blade movie that turns a massive profit, and then you can have a sequel that follows up. Like, because of all three Blade movies, the only one that wasn't rated 18 was the only one that's considered terrible. Like, you know what I mean? And I think sometimes, like, when you, you realise that... I can operate in this space with a superhero franchise and then like what's like the whole problem with Deadpool why is there no Deadpool movie on the slate now for Marvel it's because they want to know whether we make him 18 rated movie or do we make him PG-13 I think to be fair to to be fair to all the people who said the third one was awful they'd seen it yeah well that's like that's when people say about the Halloween kills thing they're like people giving out about Halloween kills and 50 million opening weekend yeah, well, people have to go see the movie to form their opinion. So, like, box office receipts is not always the... And it is. Like Again, I, I, I've Bain, learned about myself lately. I'm, I'm way too influenced by stuff like that. No, but I mean, like, if a movie makes 100 million, does not make it a good movie. It just makes it... Does movie. it fuck? Yeah. You I mean, know what yesterday mean? we were talking about Michael... You, well, we weren't talking about Michael Bay. Sorry, we were talking about the, the Glass Trilogy. Yeah, and, and and we, we, we touched upon it, yeah, in conversation. And you were talking about, like, his box office receipts are fantastic. Oh, of course. Well, his uh, movies are trash. His movies are fucking garbage. Yeah. Um, you know, and you talk about like, bombs no, like no, the, the Shawshank Redemption, yeah. considered what rightfully considered one of the best films of all time. Yeah. Box office absolute bombs. So it's yeah. not it's not the be all and end all. It's not the it's not what we should consider everything on. Yeah. hundred percent agree. Yeah. Because no, like, like, as as when, like, I say to people, like, you know, uh like if you make fifty million, yeah, a lot of people went to see it, but it doesn't mean a lot of people went to and enjoyed it. No. And it's 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 a big difference. Like so, like when you look at a blade, though, I think like you got you have to understand. It's like remember I said to you something before when we spoke about Candyman. You have to understand the franchise you're operating in. And something I'm going to speak a bit more about when we talk about the Halloween Kills new timeline is because uh, the Halloween new timeline because like. Michael Myers becomes Jason Voorhees in the new one. It's insane. Like, like this guy is unstoppable. Like, yeah, he ascends as I've seen in the trailer. So fucking stupid. And like, I just think 
when you look at Blade One and Blade Two, and it's so odd. See, someone David like David S. Goyer, who's so like ingrained in the franchise. Uh, he wrote Part One. He uh, at least Crow wrote Part Two. I think he actually wrote Part Two. Guillermo del Toro directed it, but. To see what he did, like if I'm so ingrained in a franchise, why the fuck would I be so happy to change the tone of that franchise? Like I wrote part one, Stephen Arrington directs it. I write part two, Guillermo del Toro fucking makes a masterpiece in my opinion. And in part three, I'm I'm the guy who wrote, writes and directs this movie. So if I, and I should look at the franchise and go, has to be a hard eighteen, has to be filled on gore because I'm in the third act now. I have to give the the fans what they expected. So like, you know what I mean? As you said, the opening scene in Blade 1 is a fucking nightclub. It's like a slaughterhouse and all the blood comes from a sprinkler system. Everyone's covered in blood. Blade fucking comes in. It's like, Daywalker. And he starts fucking wiping people out. Like, you know, wiping vampires out. He set the tone for the trilogy from there on out. Part two is like even more gorish. You go to the House of Pain when Blade uh, links up with the blood pack. Remember, Demoskino sends the blood pack with him. They go to the House of Pain and um, pretty much you have people like Sado. Uh, it's like S&M to the nth degree. Like it's like people getting their skin peeled off and me hooks and putting them because they're vampires or familiars. Like that's your, te- your, your template. Don't give me this fucking schlock in part three. That's just another generic fucking action movie. Everything like, you know about I mean? part three was horrible. I, 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 we're, we're going to talk about this as kind of one big project. And again, I, I, in one way, we should go chronological, but you've touched on it and you've, you've, you've yeah. started something. Like the the advertisement for, for, for iTunes. It was like, oh, yeah. she's making a playlist and it's really, really easy and convenient to throw together. Fuck Apple. Fuck Apple. Yeah. And also, like, she, like, no, you're going up against, <laughs> you're going up against guys that were supposed to be, from what I understood, able to dodge bullets. Yeah. With a bow and arrow. Yeah. At least you could fucking do is have your wits about you. Yeah. Don't isolate a sense. Like, listen to music before you fight. Yeah. To amp yourself well, up. amp yourself up. Like. Yeah, like the way soldiers Like, imagine do. if a footballer went out and just said, oh, yeah, no, I'm going to listen to my jams. That's going to help me. He's like, he's behind you. He's coming in for a tackle. He's coming in for a horrible tackle. Uh, it's like, um, uh, how didn't you hear me? I was like, there was a real heavy bass beat here. And it was just like, dude, I was just like, I was deep in my jam. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't, you know why I didn't hear you? Is your name Drake? Yeah. <laughs> That's why I didn't hear you. you know? It's Drake's doing it. It was so fucking stupid. It was, and you know what? It just had none of the spark. Yeah. There was something about the first two where they felt like they belonged to each other. And the third one just felt. And the first one to me felt like uh, a perfect example of a 1990s modern vampire tale action movie. But it was nice and dark. The special effects were terrible with the manga later on and stuff like that. But like, or the magra. But part two to me felt like, like of course you get Guillermo del Toro to come in he's going to make a fucking masterpiece so what he does yeah. the man's a genius right and like I like if we ever do Guillermo del Toro I'm going to be just fanboying I fucking love his work right but I love the way he his uh, Thomas Creshman who played Demoskinos it was like Nosferatu it was like I love the way Guillermo del Toro is like I'm going to oh you want me to make a modern vampire cool 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 but I'm not going to forget about the lineage, the story, the style, the gothic nature of what Dracula is, the lore, the vampire lore. No, and, and I'm not making a film that's already been made. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, and, and you Bram can tell, Stoker's Dracula was already out there since like, mm. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you could tell that Guillermo del Toro wanted to come back and I don't know what happened with the Blade Trilogy because if you look at the strain, like a lot of similar story beats that come from what was being built in Blade 2 end up in the strain. Even Love the Blade 2. Yeah, like the, the the design of the Reaper is very similar to the Strigoi. Love the Reapers, yeah. I thought yeah. they were cool. Again, I thought it was cool to have an, a, an evolutionary fucking ascendant of, of, yeah. the, of the normal vampires. Something we spoke about before is that we both believe the Blade Trilogy is actually in the wrong order. Yes. And... My opinion is that I think it should have been Blade 2 first, as in the superior vampire, 
Blade 3 second, as in Dracula, the first vampire, and then Blade 1 third, as Blood, in La Magra, the, the, Vamp- the Blood God. Uh, and in my opinion was was that we should have started with the original vampire, the, the, the big baddie, and then an ascended vampire, and then a thing. And, there, and there's an argument for both of, yeah. our, both of our positions, but I think that undeniably they went about it the wrong way. Oh yeah, 100%. Which is odd because as I said, it's the same writer throughout the entire trilogy. I don't know what to tell you about that. David S. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. It's that. kind of like sometimes writers should just be writers and not directors because yes. like if uh, I've seen the cutscenes from Blade 1. So in Blade 1, um, one of the ideas was to have a blood bank Yes. Where human beings were being uh, mass stocked to be kept alive and all that kind yeah, of shit. Which yeah, we saw yeah, in Blade yeah, Trinity. I've seen a lot of these as well. Which and did, the alternate ending and all that. Exactly. Kind of that didn't make the cut for Blade One. And that's a David Escoyer idea that Stephen Norrington obviously reined him in and said, nah, it doesn't work. And David Escoyer now being the writer and director. Nobody yeah, he gets to do what he wants, as exactly. you should, as 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 is the, as is what is afforded you. Well, I think when you're the main creative force behind a project, if somebody else is not reining you in, it, it's your duty to rein yourself in. Yes. There's like, I'm no like top level, whatever, but like anytime I write, sometimes you got to understand what's not working. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I have literally lost days of work by going back into projects and saying, nah, that doesn't work. And yeah. you're just going to have to slap yourself in the hand and go, oh boy, you wasted your time. Now let's get to it. And, but sometimes if an idea, and if you have another creator that's saying to you, that idea didn't work the first time, why revisit it? You know what I mean? Like, And it, that's what they, I didn't understand about Blade Trinity. And sometimes the whole movie felt like that. It was like the way he was probably reined in by Guillermo del Toro or Stephen Norrington in the first two didn't occur in the third one. And that's why we have Ryan Reynolds just fucking hamming it up the whole way through the movie, telling one shitty joke after one really shitty joke. Bad. Jessica Biel just posing the whole way through the movie. Yeah. We get it. You're good looking and you think you're funny. We get it. Right? Yeah. But that doesn't make like that doesn't make it a good movie. You know what I mean? No, like, Jesus, it doesn't. Like everything look, about the third one was bad. Like, look at the third one, it's like everything tries to be so stylized. The third one to me felt like it was trying to be a sequel to the first one. So that tells me Gilbert the Toro had a big say in the style and the tone of the second one. So, like, I'd say, like, if you look at part one and part two, uh, part one and part three, they look more similar in tone than part two. Because part two stands, you know what I mean? Part two is set in Europe. It's uh, very gothic. You're going to the lore of the vampire and it's very gritty. It's very grotesque. And you're actually seeing what this world would look like. You know what I mean? So I think part three tried to restylize part one. And maybe David Escoyer didn't like the storytelling style of Guillermo del Toro. But I think... When you got someone like a game with the third, they should have done everything they possibly could to get him back for part three. And I know it's not their fault. He went and wanted to work on Hellboy instead. And he did two Hellboy movies that were fucking awesome. In my opinion, Golden Army, not as good as the first one. But I just think that when you have, a, like, even if I'm like, look, if I'm someone comes to me and go, I want you to come in and write and direct a third part of this trilogy. I'd go and I'd examine the first two and I go, okay, here's the tone. Part one had this tone. And then he evolved into this tone for part two. So what we're going to have to do is either hybridize the tones or we're going to just have to continue on with the tone from part two because that was the most recent movie. Yeah. And the fact that part two ends in Europe, why not have it that Blade's going? Yeah, I know. You know I what know, I mean? I like, know. you know, and staying in Europe. He has that Russia comrade, blah, 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 whatever. You know what I mean? And he, he kills the guy in London, the Russian dude. I uh, uh, can't remember his fucking yeah. name, but the guy from the start, Race yeah. or something, I think his name is. The um, uh, motorcyclist, the vampire. Yeah. And I remember yeah. the girl's life. Well, last time I checked the war, <laughs> so you remember that guy? Like, you didn't think I forgot about you, did you? <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, yeah, well, like, I mean, I, I, the first blade was just, was, was so... My smoothie's frozen. Your smoothie's frozen. Yeah. But the first blade really had, it was a great action hero movie. Yeah. It was just pure popcorn entertainment. And it had the stupidest line I've ever heard in my life. I love it every time I see it. I'm really going to enjoy this now. Is you know the blonde one that was Deacon Frost's girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She goes to and she goes to kill. He goes to kill the the the. I can't think of her name from the first movie. Uh, uh, Karen. Oh, uh, and, uh, the doctor, the hematologist, yeah, and she uh, sprays garlic or silver, whatever it was. Uh, it's and silver nitrate mixed with the garlic essence yeah. or some and shit. She sprays like it right like, into her mouth and kills yeah. her. But like I was like, what kind of last words were? I'm really going to enjoy this now. <laughs> I, you know, like, I never understood. We need the blood of the twelve, um, and the blood of the daywalker. That's a very important. That's what the prophecy says. Yeah. To get the magra to come out. Yeah, yeah. They kill someone right before the fucking ceremony. Yeah. Quite. So did they even need twelve people? I don't know. You know what I mean, though. Like, because they killed that dude right before. Remember, like he fucking yeah. like uh, they drag him out to the sun. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. They the guy when they're all standing around. Do you remember they fucking kill him with blade sword or something? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. You just you know stopped, I mean? yeah. Right before the ceremony. I think you just needed 12 of the OGs. Yeah, but they only Any had 11. 12? Yeah, I don't know. Because I don't know. The, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. You know what I mean, though? It, yeah, of course, the film was... It was popcorn entertainment. Yeah, but Blade 1 is a good movie, though. Blade 1 is a good movie. Yeah, except... Excellent opening. Some excellent set pieces. That fucking sunblock, though. Yeah, exactly. Just punch on... Like it'll on, it'll yeah. kill you instantaneously unless you're wearing Factor Five Hundred. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's like, oh, by the way, this immortal life, this great gift of superhuman strength, is attached to a lust for human blood, and you'll never be able to stand in sunlight again unless yeah. unless Factor Factor Five Hundred. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I was just like, oh, really? And even then, if you stay out too long, you'll get uncomfortable. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, like I like if someone says to me, a vampire puts a blanket around him and it's not directly touching his skin. I'm golden. Someone yeah. says, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Put a helmet on, like they did. Uh, remember, they, they, closed, they closed the helmet right before they killed um, uh, the the other vampire. Remember, they pull his teeth, and then yeah, um, I can't remember that dude's name. Uh, but like, but yeah, they kill him. Yeah, yeah. and they were like uh, a helmet because they're not exposed. Gear. Exactly, I can buy that. The same way you're, if you were standing inside a house with closed window, you are not exposed. Because yeah. it's not like vampires die if the sun is out. Yeah, they die if they're exposed to exactly it. direct sunlight. Yeah, direct sunlight. Which I assume Factor 500 does not protect you against. No, I, I don't think so. It's on the ball. Yeah. Do not use a vampire. <laughs> Contains mostly garlic extra. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing. Right? That would be fucking That's amazing. a secret ingredient to this. Shorter film. Shorter <laughs> film. But yeah, no, the first one was fucking cool. Especially when you consider there wasn't that much superhero films around it. Oh, of course, yeah. It was so entertaining. Yeah, and I loved it too because I'd become exposed to Blade through the Spider-Man animated series. So I knew who Blade was as well. Yeah, yeah. So like, you know what I mean? The ha And it's so strange when you look at like the bevy of superhero characters. And don't let me say that Blade is the first one because we had Superman, we had Batman, yeah. 80s, early 90s. So Batman going back. Spawn, 90, just the year before. What was it? The year before? Like, 97, I think. So yeah. like literally like, so if you want to look at the resurgence of superheroes, we owe a lot to actually characters of color. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, which uh, which you can see why people are annoyed when characters are recast when you've got such a rich vein of yeah. characters of color that already exist. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So like, uh, like when you look back though, like you got a spawn, you got a blade, like and spawn didn't do amazing at the box office, but I showed that you can make an R-rated superhero movie and yes. people will come to see it. They will, And yeah. maybe just because Todd McFarlane's character might not be as well known as Blade at the time, that maybe they're just like we can go this route again with another character 
And then, like, you know, because that's what I had to laugh, like, when people were like, uh, like, I, I love Chadwick Boseman, rest in peace, when people were lauding Black Panther for this landmark moment. I'm like, have you never seen Spawn? Yeah. Blade had a trilogy before Black Panther came out. That's a good point. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's a good point. It's yeah. like, where's the landmark moment? Because... And Wesley Snipes was... And Michael J. Williams. Excellent casting. Yeah. Wasn't he fantastic? Like, I... like The cheeky smiles. Mahershala the Ali seriousness. Such an uphill task. Yeah. Because, like, Wesley Snipes is Blade for me. Like, you oh, know yeah. what I mean? Like, I didn't even bother looking at the TV series. No, either. And I'm like, Wesley Snipes not in it, so where's Blade? Like, it's the yeah, ball game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? It was like the Robert Downey Jr. So just such a perfectly cast character. Yeah. Like, you know, the first one where he takes out the double-edged kind of blade twisted at the ends, and he throws it, mm. and then it's just him catching it again. Do you remember Donald Logue? The vampires all die. Just thought it was Do you remember Donald Logue um, uh, describing that uh, later on when they got away from him? Because he's like stuck talking to Deacon Frost. Like, he's got like a blade. And he was like, he chewed. And, and it was like, like he's yeah. <laughs> His death was quite yeah. funny as well. Blade seemed to have some sort of uh, wire in his belt. Yeah, and he garot. goes, I'm coming for you, Blade. I'm coming. Garot. Yeah, mm. and he just completely instantaneously together. Well, and he was after like chopping his arm off and burning him. <laughs> and yeah, I, I thought it was hilarious though because they're like, the blade itself, the sword he carries around him, titanium acid etched. Was uh, that what it was? Acid edged. That, that's what you said. And I'm like, first of all, titanium does not harm vampires. No. Because their weakness is silver. Decapitation hurts them, <laughs> yeah. to be fair. But yeah. You know what I mean? Like, But he stabs them in the heart and they break the dust because of the sword. Yeah, yeah. But, I thought it was silver or something. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm like... Uh, just got it's silver, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, like or like a titanium silver hybrid or a titanium blade with a silver edge, they, or something they, like that. It had so many awesome scenes that would have been impossible not to like it. Yeah, even if you could pick holes in the story, or especially whatever. as you said, very little to compare it against at the time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's it, very... And I, and I even loved whatever those capsules were that he was throwing into people and they would just explode. It, that's the Yorkshire... Uh, it was an anticoagulant. Uh, yeah, an yeah. anticoagulant. That's exactly right, yeah. And it's how he takes out Frost. But And Deacon Frost, excellently cast. Yeah, Dorf Stephen Dorff. Excellent. Yeah, it's such a slime bag, in it? Such a slime yeah, bag. Yeah, he plays the part brilliantly. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He plays the part absolutely brilliantly. Like, the first film I, I, I watched eight times or yeah. something because when I came out I was just like yes yeah. this film was like tailor oh, I've seen it me. dozens of times like I went on DVD and everything I've oh, seen it yeah, dozens of times it's just such a good film like it's a landmark moment for someone like me I was like 12 or 13 when it came out to see an R-rated superhero movie yeah you know what I mean same like, I even remember uh, God I can't think of the name of the BBC presenter um, he's, but, but, but Wesley Snipes was doing the circuit and he was in England what's it Michael Parkinson was it no, no it wasn't no. it was Bald guy you, with hair on either side. I can't think of yeah. his name. But anyway, he, uh, he John was John McBalderson. <laughs> John McBalderson. <laughs> but he was on it and he was said right and yeah, he was just talking about it, it was cool and how he got yeah. like jacked for it and how, you know and how yeah. excited he was for the role. And you know, Wes Snipes very charming character. Yeah. Uh, and then it just showed a scene and it was a scene where he throws the Karen from one rooftop to the other. Yeah. And then he jumps it. And, it, and I was just like, whoa. So you have to understand, there was nothing. Now we're so yeah. spoiled. Yeah. And then, you know, um, I was like, God, it's going to be like this proper superhero film. Because Batman wasn't, and Superman was so, sold the other way. Like yeah. Superman was God tier. Yeah. Something in between Batman and Superman. And uh, I was just going, oh my God, I couldn't wait for this film to come out. When I went to see it, I was giddy. Yeah. I was a kid, and I was just giddy watching it. I absolutely like, loved Blade it. Like, Blade 2 is like the second R-rated movie I think I ever saw in the cinema. Yeah, yeah, probably. Like, first one was I don't know, man. I mean, scary I'm movie a, was my I'm first older, one, I think. Maybe it was my third or something. scary movie come up before Blade 2? Scream, you mean? No, scary movie. Oh, um, I don't know. I think, I think so. Out, yeah, I think it came out like yeah. the year or two after. Um, but, and then you go into the second one, again, strong opening, but in a more like, kind of like visceral way. Yeah. Where he's at a blood bank in the Czech Republic. 
Yeah. And vampire. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. What an opening scene. Yeah. It's like where he's screaming in pain and then he just starts to laugh. They're like, good news for us, bad news for you. Yeah. Yeah. just tears. You got a rare phenotype. I've seen it was great. He was so, he was such a good contemporary for Blade. He could fight Blade on Blade's level. He was such a martial artist and stuff like that. Oh, man. He was, as you said, he's the improved vampire. He's the improved vampire. The Reaper strain. Like, yeah. A vampire that feeds on vampires and everything. It was so cool. And he what was our, our, our do you blush um Ron oh, Perlman. Perlman, what were they yeah. called the uh, the blood pack the blood pack yeah yeah they, he was I, Reinhard yeah he was yeah. Reinhard and, I've seen uh, these movies a lot oh <laughs> my God. The first we, 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 I love part two again he was just so cool to have him like teamed up with other vampires yeah for, for a common goal Danny Yen was wasting this movie though yes yeah yeah um, he was absolutely wasted uh but then he hadn't met his landmark moment. he hadn't yeah. had his landmark moment yet but uh your man to play Chupa was very good as well yeah, the guy that was constantly trying to kill Whistler the whole way through. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> his name was Priest. Don't want to carve his name on your chest. <laughs> Chupa, calm down. He was outside. You're I outside. Where, like, it's, you know, where he gets, a, he has a little torch like on the top of the gun, and it's like if he puts a lens on it, you can kill vampires with. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's if he block, put the lens on, it, you can't kill vampires. Yeah, yeah. Because you're blocking the UV light. Yeah, because you run it through a different spectrum, you turn it into white light. Yeah, you know what I mean. So. And I was thinking like it's just a lens. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just exactly. a lens, You know. Uh, but I, I don't know. I thought, Some of us can't I, see I thought the they were both such explosively yeah, entertaining. Right. The first two were such explosively entertaining films, and the third film had a lot of scenes where it was supposed to be entertaining. But it all just felt for for starters the hue. And I know this is a weird thing to pick, but it was a brighter film. Yeah. Do you remember those like DC films we've seen lately? It's like they're shot to a darker camera lens. Yeah. Everything has like an off gold, off brown, yeah. off yellow. Sure, the apocalyptic kind of, yeah. yeah. And and the third one just seemed like it was very fluorescent. Yeah. To see like the like Blade takes on Drake and. It's like, Blade, are you ready to die? Yeah. And, and it, everybody it's, it's buried it up or something. It's all, it, it didn't have any of the shadow. I, I'm just going to say to you, Noel, right? If I'm ever gifted with superhuman abilities, I can promise you, if I'm fighting somebody that also has superhuman abilities, last thing I'll wear, leather pants. Yeah. Why am I going to restrict my movement by wearing leather pants? Yeah. Jessica Biel is just like a leather pants wearing motherfucker. Oh, Headphone leather pants yeah, wearing. Yeah, that, it's like, I get it. You're, you're super hot, but can you act, please? Yeah. Can you just like give your character some sort of like meat? Because... No, I'm going to say something very, I mean? very controversial. She's not the world's best actress. No way. No, no, no. no. As, as, long as, as long as Kaylee Cacao walks this fucking... <laughs> She's got range. She played, remember she played the ditzy blonde in that one show? It's in Peru. Uh, no, no, no. It was uh, Big Bang Theory. No, wait. That new one she's in. What's that? Yeah, wait. She's, she just played ditzy blonde. Yeah, she plays ditzy blonde. No, that's what it is. I'm sorry. My bad. Yeah. Just, uh, <laughs> but I just thought Jessica Biel was so, so poor. Yeah. Such a poor casting. Such a Whistler's daughter. Yeah, Abigail Whistler. Fucking yeah. shoved in there for no fucking reason. And she had like uh, this weird her bow could do this weird laser fucking yeah thing no that, that wasn't her bow later on that was a different weapon I don't care sonar you know what I don't want to be corrected because I don't fucking care <laughs> so, and I know so that's exactly exactly the job I'm here to do is to, is to that's get David the David Esquire and man. I'm sorry but I've checked out you know? another way you're like I don't want to be corrected here that's David Esquire the way he made that movie you're just like that. Do, I don't want to be corrected here and then uh, I checked out oh and then he comes on <laughs> and Deacon Frost is there but we killed Deacon Frost I don't want to be corrected here. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather not be correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, 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 I don't know. It felt jumbled together. He had Triple H. Uh, he had fucking. Yeah. Uh, he had a dog vampire. Posey, a little fucking sorry. poodle vampire. Uh, Pomeranian. Pomeranian vampire. Yeah. So unnecessary. So unnecessary. No, Pomeranian Reaper. 
fine. A Pomeranian, you're right as well. Yeah. It was a Pomeranian Reaper. And you just fuck off. A just Pomeranian Reaper, if you like, will. Fuck off forever. Yeah. With all of it. Yeah, and Doverman. It was like something that you'd see in like a shitty Resident Evil movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Though? But it, it, you know what? It would be like something you'd see in a scary movie of Blade. Mm. Like, if you were to take the piss out of it, have a Pomeranian Reaper. It's not adorable. It's yeah. not funny. It's not making light of something that was extremely cool in the film that exactly, preceded yeah. it. Make light of it. Because that's yeah. what it was. It, people were getting stabbed to death and scream, and it was it was human beings being yeah. murdered. Second one made it fun. Yeah. Second one took the piss out of it. Uh, this this was like it was taking the piss out of the other films. At times, it was comical. What? Again, like the fucking, you want listening to tunes and letter pants. Comedy. Yeah, yeah, like the whole way through, like, oh, I can't see around corners, I can, or I can't shoot around corners, I can, who gives a fuck? Um, but like one thing I would say about the trilogy is the differences between a Blade, a Blade 2 and a Blade Trinity is a Blade uh, has got no comparison. It's uh, like, that's true. Right, Blade 2, no comparison. Like something we talked about, and I'm not sure, um, I think it was in the Spider-Man 2 episode, we talked about the, the pinnacle of sequels and superhero movies. And looking back at Blade 2 compared to a Spider-Man 2 compared to um, uh, an X-Men 2, I think Blade 2 is probably a better movie than both of those films, in my opinion. I think it captures uh, uh, the horror genre perfectly. It captures a grounded superhero story perfectly. It tells a tortured tale of Outcast, even though he unfortunately kind of tells the similar story um, in Hellboy Golden Army, where you have an outcast who's trying to convince the other outcast that you should not defend these people. You should come at me because we're actually more like, we're not so different, you and I, as Agent Smith would say in The Matrix. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And I think there's similarities, similarities in those stories. And I actually wrote an article a while back comparing those two stories because I thought I saw a lot of articles. Uh, back in the day, it's what I did. Sometimes they actually call me. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of nicknames this man. Uh, it's what, it's what I'm, the man like, of many monikers. Like Dell when he's high. <laughs> Only fools and horses, and she said to me on her deathbed, <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, you know, I, like I'm like Kevin Crumb from Division, you know that movie. <laughs> I got many monikers, but um, no, I just think, like, if you look at Blade 2, you look at Blade 1, Blade Trinity, that Blade 1 and Blade Trinity, uh, Blade 2 did not try to copy any other superhero movies. No. But Blade, it seems, Blade Trinity, I mean, seems that I've tried to copy its contemporaries. Like, uh, I want to look, I, I'm not sure what exactly when it came out, I'll check in a sec, but I think its contemporaries would be something like a Resident Evil 1 with Mila Jehovich, directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. But also the guy who cannot, just does not know how to make a good movie. No. Like, like maybe Event Horizon. That's probably his best movie. Grant him that. Yeah, I'll grant him that because when I rewatched that recently, even though that movie's bonkers, I loved it. I loved it. It was one of my. No, no, I'll grant him that. We watched it recently. Excellent movie. Went to in the cinema. Great film. And uh, like, unfortunately for him, it was probably slightly ahead of its time in terms of gore because we know there's a lot of footage lost to be spoke about on Return to Critics with Beige and Eli that there was footage there from Event Horizon stored it in a Romanian salt mine guess what it didn't age well yeah. so there was no special features didn't see me that the orgy scene was much more gory so like I give him that, that in that story like you know not to get too sidetracked but he that story was probably a little bit ahead of its time yeah. in terms of the gore because it would be more acceptable 10 years on after having Saw and Hostel and all these films that came out in the mid 2000s yeah of course everything's porn. based on where you are yeah exactly yeah, you have, and you have to put play something in its time yeah, and, you know it's why uh, Jason and Argonauts is actually a great film yeah and sometimes it's uh, a detriment not to the director's fault but sometimes it's a detriment too because of the director and you look at Blade 1 Blade 2 unique in the storytelling style Blade Trinity looked at its contemporaries and brightened it up it uh, had way more jokes like, way, like all the jokes in the first two movies come from dry remarks from uh, the antagonist or Blade just making kind of funny remarks or Whistler the odd time 
But like in Blade Trinity, it's Ryan Reynolds. Ba 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 ba. I'm Ryan Reynolds. Ba ba. Yeah, we get it, Ryan. You've been doing it for about twenty years now. Yeah. All you do is tell jokes. God. Once again, Ryan Reynolds wears on me, man. Yeah, like I said to Jessica Biel there a minute ago. Can you please just act now? Yeah. Because, dude, you get it. We get it. You're you're cool looking and sometimes funny, but can you act too? Yeah. It wouldn't hurt, like you know what I mean. Like it wouldn't take from the film if you just got into it. Exactly. There was no. That was it. It had no. You know, like there was if La Magra was uh, loose upon the world, we'd all die. There was stakes. The second one had stakes. The Reapers were 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 so self destructive that they would just like. You're the crack Yeah. Yeah. Um, And the third one, I know it was like you know again the 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 first vampires back and all this kind of shit, but it just felt silly. It just yeah. felt so too overtly stylized. Yeah, overtly stylized and tried to be like. To me, do you know what product actually, placement was completely out of control. Man, and, when I was watching it um, earlier today, uh, uh, I finished the third one today, and I was like, the, the talk came on to me. He's like, "This actually just feels like a music video. This entire fucking movie just feels like a two-hour-long music video. It's like it's like the trailer yeah. of the film. Like I'm waiting yeah. for the beats to come." Yeah. All I'm seeing is action sequence joke, action sequence joke. Where the story uh, that was all there was to see, man. Yeah, and you look at part two, you have the the, the triumphant of Demoskinos, his daughter Nisa, and in the the outcast, um, uh, Jared Nomak, uh, Novak, sorry, and is it Nomak or Novak? But, um, Nomak. No, uh, Jared Nomak, and you have this beautiful fucking uh, triangle, this power struggle that. He was the outcast. He never felt loved. Yeah. And he's like his father's greatest regret and also his greatest achievement. Yeah. And like, and Nisa. Theirs. You know what I mean? Like, that's not saying Like, Anisa, yeah. who who literally would do anything for her father, who worships at his feet. And the part then when you have uh, Damaskinos is talking to his lawyer and he goes, uh, they, they could die. Uh, would you sacrifice everyone, even your daughter? And he just walks away into a bloodbath, which is amazing. Yeah. And he just goes, yes. Yeah. Even her. Like, you know what I mean? I just love that he's so maniacal. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like that he is an evil beyond imagining because he's been around for so long and he looks yeah, at the exactly. world so differently. Yeah. And look, and that's an action movie. That's an action movie. That's yeah. what Guillermo An action movie with stakes. With, yeah. I mean, it had shadows. You yeah. know what I mean? It had a darkness to it. Yeah. The third one was just, again, it was fluorescent. It was like they all, it all took place inside of a restaurant yeah. kitchen. It's like, this is vampires. Why is this always daylight? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, why are we having such a bright movie? Yeah. And then, you know, that whole thing where they release, like, this silver phosphate into the air and all this kind of shit. And you're just like, I don't know. Eventually, I just stopped caring. Eventually, it got a bit like Go Go Gadget. Yeah. They all had all these kind of different technological means and 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 blade just felt sick. i was born ready but fuck it yeah what oh. i loved about the first one was it, like we used to have like when we were younger we used to go party a lot go to house parties and then you go in the break of day you know that kind of thing yeah yeah that's what part one felt like to me the raver lifestyle but with vampires yes you know that kind of 100 oh, like, yeah, that's 100%. what it felt like to me like look at deacon frost even when he's outside his skin's all pasty yeah it's like if you've been up all night drinking and you go outside and your skin's all pasty and shit you haven't slept you're doing the walk of shame and that's what he kind of looked like to me he looked like a raver and he never really belonged in the sunlight because his whole life occurred after dark yes you know what I mean like and that's what I loved about part one it captured that kind of rave culture of the late 90s you know yep. and part two was this <clears throat> excuse me part two was all really really dark it was gothic it was really viscous and gory and grotesque and it captured the lore of the vampire like look at Damaskino something I touched on earlier he's a really Nosferatu type character like the look of him that whitened skin the veiny uh, texture, you know, everything looks like it's nearly made out of wax. Like he bathes in blood. Like he is the vampire lore to the nth degree. And then you have, I'm saying that way too much today, but like, 
he's got that as one uh, one side and then you got the reaper the it's kind of like when you look at the strain the strigoi is the vampire uh nullify or reduced down to its uh the virus it's just a pathogen taking on humanoid form yeah. that's the way it is like and if you look at the reaper and that's kind of what it is it's you take away the seductive nature we did interview the vampire recently you take away the beauty of a brad pay the the charisma of a tom cruise you take away the seductive lore the anne rice the, under the lore again. yeah you know what i mean the, under the trawl uh uh on, no uh sorry Said Laura again. No, no, I mean, I know I was We're, cracking. I'm going to put up a, a bucket there. No, I mean, I said n degree like five times today. Like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, we know yeah, 200 words. Yeah, but you take away all that romanticism of yeah, the vampires. No, they did, yeah. And you boil it down to its bare minimum. Yeah. And you got a Reaper. Yeah. You got a Strigoi. And that's what I loved about Blade too. that it took the lore, it took away all this romantic nature. Even though you got a beautiful woman like Nisa or you got, um, uh, I think her name is... Uh, 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 Valerie or what was her name but you know the girl with the red hair um the light light hammers kind of woman um um but like uh, you got that you still have the beauty with the beautiful looking characters or something but he never forgot exactly what they were that they were a pathogen come to life and their worst version of themselves it's kind of like dorian gray never wanted to look at that painting for fear of rotting in an instant yeah that the strigoi in a sense in the terms of the strain or the reaper in the sense of terms of blade two was the perfect uh mirror <coughs> image that you did not want to see yourself so when you look at a vampire you take away their beauty their immortality their super strength and at the end of the day they're just like a walking pathogen and all they want to do is <coughs> uh, proliferate a uh, spread and that's all they want to do. And that's what I love about Blade 2 mm. is that it boils down the vampire to its most uh, grotesque, vicious, uh, primal kind of thing, yeah. like a version of itself. And what uh, Blade Trinity tried to do was it tried to do something similar by bringing back uh, the first vampire played by Dominic Purcell from Prison Break and Legends of Tomorrow, the Arrowverse and all that. And But they stylized it in the wrong way. It, it was I actually thought the server was so bad that it cheapened the first two. Because yeah. all of that stuff that was so cool, it, it felt like because it was supposed to exist in the same world, it, yeah. it took it away from like well, all of that stuff that you just said. Yeah, it just it just took it and cheapened it. Yeah, true. It took, uh, took the shine off it. Took the shine. Like but it, made it, it, it was like a pantomime ending. Because when you, you know? want to go back and look at that trilogy, you know you're going to end up with Blade Trinity. You know you're going to. You end want to up go with back it. and look at Spider Man Three, uh, the Spider Man trilogy, the Tom McGuire starred and directed by Sam Raimi. That you end up in the Spider Man well. Yeah, you and it does. And that's the problem with even the Chris Nolan Batman franchise. Even though Dark Knight Rises is a far superior movie to a Spider Man 3 or a Blade Trinity, it's still not it, in the same masterpiece level that Batman Begins was and the Dark Knight was. No. Because. And he, 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 over, he overachieved, maybe. Overextended himself. Yeah, and, yeah. and he was very unfortunate Heat Ledger's passing because I'm sure the Joker would have reappeared in the trilogy. Yeah, he survived and the he, second film. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Because Exactly. So he was going to leave him there. Like, But like before we head to the break, I just think when you look at the Blade trilogy, that part one and two try to be unique and they achieved it. Yes. Whereas part three tried to uh, copy or emulate its contemporaries yeah. and achieved it to a negative effect you yes. know what I mean like, yeah. and I think that's the major difference between the three movies Blade 3 you know can my balls man it was a yeah. terrible movie uh, it's a uh, bog argument thunder cunt if you ask me yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so we get the fuck out of here for the break and then we come back and I want to just talk about villains with you motherfucker I want to compare the three movie uh, villains and we just kind of run through the last uh, half an hour of the show and get the fuck out of here so alright motherfuckers this is Invasion of the Dark Side and we'll see you after the break and now we're from our sponsors Happy, happy Halloween, Halloween, Halloween 
This is Invasion of the Dark Side. Noel, first half we were talking about the Blade Trilogy and now uh, we're back again to talk about the Blade Trilogy. But this time yeah, yeah. we broke down the the what made the strengths of uh, Blade 1 and Blade 2 and the inadequacies of Blade Trinity. What, what I want to talk to you now because direct comparison of the three of them, like in any good superhero thing, like what we love to do on um, uh, Dark Side of the Moon is compare villains. And uh, I mentioned before we went to the break, I want to talk villains with you. And like, so the main antagonists of the Blade Trilogy are Stephen Dorff playing Deacon Frost. Yes. Uh, unexpectedly so Luke Goss <laughs> yeah. uh, doing an amazing role as Jared Nomak and then we have Dominic Purcell playing uh, Drake or you know Dracula or whatever the fuck so who would you say was your favourite villain from the tree who was the weakest and what would what did you kind of enjoy about the portrayals and who surprised you the most and I think I, my favourite would have to be Deacon Frost. There was something so smarmy about him yeah. you know like that that Joffrey or whatever you have it's not just a guy that's bad it's a guy that's just skin crawlingly smug and and the kind of guy you'd see at the end of a disc, uh, end of a nightclub going home with like a sixteen year old girl or something. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? There was something yeah. so and that same sixteen year old turned of like, me down. Was, <laughs> 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 and that, hence why I was upset. Yeah, that's why I was watching her. <laughs> <laughs> but absolutely loved Deacon Frost. Loved to hate him. Yeah. Um, like Nomak actually struck quite a sympathetic character in one way. Yeah. Um, Drake wasn't um, what was wrong with Trinity. Yeah, he wasn't. Well, well, I didn't very like, one dimensional. Very one dimensional. Mm. But I, I, I don't think it could have been. It was a very one dimensional movie. I really don't understand how you could become a very three dimensional character within it. Yeah, I suppose. Um, but I think if you, if I used to rank them, I'd rank them in order the order the films came out. As in quality or in terms uh, as of in quantity of villain, I would have gone Deacon Frost. Loved them, smug, smarmy, cheesy, um, ambitious. Uh, you know, the leader of a gang and kind of. Uh, uh, just, just absolutely skin crawling. Nomak yeah. was just cool. He was ascended. Yeah. He was, he was like the biggest threat to vamp, a bigger threat to vampires than Blade, which is a really interesting angle to go. Yeah. He, he struck a, he was, he was, he had to be stopped, but he did struck a, strike a sympathetic character in his backstory, which was again had actual layers to it. And then of course Drake, like, like just like the trilogy itself does, it comes up short. Yeah. Um. My, in my opinion, I would be. My favourite was Jared Nomak. Um, and that's fair. Because, and the reason it is, I love uh, villains that you can relate to. Look at Killmonger. Uh, look at um, uh, Joker in um, Dark Knight. I yeah. can relate to their methods, and uh, not to their methods, sorry, to their motives. And um, I can understand when you look at Jared Nomak, even though he's a vicious killing machine, but he didn't create himself. No. He didn't m make himself to be a reaper. He didn't volunteer for some experiment. He wasn't born a vampire and decided to volunteer to become a reaper he was born a reaper and he hated himself as much as he hated his creators yeah but before he wants to die he has to kill the ones that created him yeah and that's beautiful storytelling that's a great storytelling yeah it's like yeah. when blade puts the bone through his bone uh, bone encased heart which i thought was yeah, genius right through the side was the, that one yeah. opening that and, and when he says it's strange 
it hurts no more because he didn't want to exist. Yeah. He hated his own existence as much as uh, he hated his creators. But as I mentioned a second ago, is he did not, he was not willing to die until he seen Damaskinos dead, until he seen Nisa dead, as she said, end the bloodline. And that's what I loved about his character, that his motives were, uh, he was kind of on a suicide mission because like, I don't mind if I die as long as you die first. And that's what I loved about him. Yeah. So like, even when he and was that's like, a dangerous enemy. Exactly. Like, you know, and it's like, because he was like, Blade, I'm not going to run away. <laughs> Did the chair just break? Just uh, the arm <laughs> kind of torn. No, that's been like that for a while, I think. Um, these chairs are flimsy as fuck. But um, what, he, like, what I loved about it was that he didn't really have a quarrel with Blade. But no. because Blade was standing in between him and his goals. That's exactly it's, it. It's, he, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. And that's what I loved about Nomak. Because like, like, literally on the face, face value, he's a ruthless killing machine. That, like, As they said, he's a crack addict. That he has to feed every few hours not like a vampire vampire yeah, feeds yeah, yeah, yeah. to sustain for days maybe weeks like they're like a more something akin to like an alligator they can or a crocodile they can eat a very like they'll starve but very slowly yeah whereas uh, a reaper is it'll burn right through you that's yeah. the problem with the reaper strain and that's why it, it, like literally they all lose their hair all the vampires turn to get the bifurcated uh, lower jaw all these kind of things it's because it's a different strain of thing and that's what I loved about Jared Nomak that he's like he had to give his need to feed because he had to stay alive to get his revenge. To carry out his mission, yeah. But I love the way he's constantly just trying to say to Blade is, I'm not your enemy. Like, he even says it to him, like the line we love to make fun of, but he says, like, is the friend of my enemy my friend? Yeah. Or is it my enemy? Because he's, like, surprised. Why is Blade here? Yeah. If I, and I'm doing Blade a favor. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. speeding up the mission yeah, here. But, yeah, but, but he doesn't understand what Blade's role is. Blade's role is not just to protect humanity, but he's, like, there to keep the balance. Yeah. Blade can't kill every vampire, but he can stop vampires going running rampant and killing all of humanity. And that's the difference with the Reapers. And that's the way they sold it to Blade. Who do you think he's going to come after when he's done with us? Your beloved humans. Yeah. And that's what I loved about it. And the only reason Blade's there is because if I have to protect humanity, which is supposed to be my destiny, then I'm going to have to team up with the vampires because for right now, we got a shared goal. we got a shared um, enemy. And if you have an enemy that's cool enough, or not cool enough, sorry, that's good enough, and that's <clears throat> that's intimidating enough that you have Blade team up with a group of vampires that are trained to hunt him. By the way, two years, not enough. They would have got murdered. They would have got slaughtered. Would have been hilarious. Like, like if part three should have been Blood Pack and Blade, and Blade kills him in five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but um, I just thought, like, if you got a, a bad guy that's so imperious that you need to have two mortal enemies team up against him, and then he's like the superior, like a top level bad guy. Yeah. And that's what I loved about Jared Nomak that he like, and and once again, though, you have the whole thing layered into him. He hated himself as much as they hate him. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> he was a more nuanced, he was the most yeah. nuanced of them, if that's what you're going. Yeah. Like, I mean, Deacon Frost just made my skin crawl and I just love that in a villain. Yeah, Deacon, um, Deacon Frost was the perfect personification of the type of character he was supposed to play. Yeah. And in the same way Jared Nomak was, just Jared Nomak had a bit more layers to him. That's yeah. all it is. Agreed, was. agreed, yeah. Just like a better, better backstory or something, you know. Two two great bad guys. Yeah. Two great bad guys. And let's not forget Deacon Frost also ended up being the guy who created Blade as well. Like. Yes. So that was kind of a cool and yeah. uh, no good a backstory there. Like. And ha Yeah, that was the thing. Well, like his impact on Blade is undeniably the biggest. Mm. He turned his mother. Yeah. Great, and he, you know, he, he, he created reason, him. He created him. Yep. So he was the reason he went down the path. He went down and yep. all the pain and What's all. What's Blade's name? Eric, isn't it? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so I think he has that on him. But like first films, quite often have that the the this, the world building. Yeah. Bad guy. He's uh, the and again, story. when Drake showed up, he, he just kind of showed up. Yeah. 
He was just there because a film needs a bad guy. Yeah, it, it's like um, Parker Posey and Triple H went down into the... They're in uh, this funk uniforms. So that's Samaria. Some shit. Because like um, so they created a civilization. Yeah. So that's uh, you're talking about the Persian Gulf pretty much. I think it's not Iraq and Iran. That's the Persian Gulf, is it? Yeah. Um, but like, that's like that's kind of interesting. But like, why do you take him out there and it's like, oh, by the way, this guy can walk in daylight. He doesn't know what a shirt is. He wears leather all the time. His balls must stink of sweat. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just, like it was just he like- You can walk in the day, daylight. It was like an Amber Crombie thing. Like, yeah. I just think they went the wrong direction. If you want to go back to the original vampire, don't have it that he has this beautiful look about him and he's this well-toned guy. Go the horrific route. That the like the, when he turns, the CGI version of him where he's like uh, all like horns and shit like that. If he looked like that throughout the entire movie, that would have made sense to me. That would like he should be yeah, like, a, yeah, like yeah. a skeletor with the hood up, hiding his hideous face and shit like that. A grotesque like the man. You know strength. he adjusted to the world so quickly. Yeah. I was kind of fucking stupid, Shop. motherfucker. Mm. I like that. Mm. You know, just fuck off. You've 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 been like a millennia fucking hidden away. You yeah. you don't know about the world. You don't have language and shit. Yeah, like, like that. how does he speak English? I think it's something got to do with like feeding on the vampires that came down to get him. I think he was like he's so coded to That's vampires. That's so fucking dumb. It's dumb, man. It's dumb. It's Everything so about it's dumb. dumb. Like I just think if you look at the three villains that Deacon Frost, Stephen Dorff played that to the to perfection. Yeah. I'm trying to stay away from end degree. <laughs> but Purcell wasn't yeah. Purcell wasn't a fault. He got a job and he did it. Yeah. And he did a decent job of it. It was Which a stupid does. character. Yeah, I like Dominic Purcell. Like if you watch him in Legends of Tomorrow, like even though it's a silly show, he, he is a good, he's good. He's he got a very dry wit about him. Yeah, he's the uh, flame. Yeah. He's the yeah, he's the the Mick McCrory, I think. Yeah, yeah. Like, and he he's like um, but he's he's real dry in it. And th- in this I don't know. I just think they thought it was like an Amber Crombie ad or some shit. It's like they were just like modeling clothes constantly. It's like, and Ryan Reynolds is like, I I don't care. I'm Mr. I don't care. Like, I got the bullseye in the back of my armor. I wear hello, fuck you or something and shit like that. Like, he, he was just so nice. Like, it's like Ryan Reynolds, you can say, well, he, he's a bit of a one-trick pony, but he's charismatic and that's why he's so yeah, successful. Yeah, he is. And he's got a great sense of humor, but Jesus. But in this movie, it was so flat. It was like yeah. it was like there was only one take. It was kind of like when you throw jokes out ad lib, a kind of sitcom to do like several takes, maybe twenty something takes sometimes. And this was kind of like David Escoyer was kind of like Ryan Reynolds tells a joke. It's like fuck Ryan, that was good. Yeah, go to gate. That's a wrap. Yeah. <laughs> Next scene. I'm like Ryan Reynolds is like, uh, are you sure about Ryan this? Ryan Reynolds doesn't do two takes. <laughs> no, I think it would be the exact. I think Ryan Reynolds is like I need a few more takes. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. the other dude is like, no, Ryan. Pretty sure you made me laugh yeah, once. Yeah, you made me laugh. Yeah, yeah. And I am the everyman. I'm David Escoyer. Yeah, I, I'd like to wrap this shit up. To be honest with yeah. you, it's it, it, I was out last night. Yeah, and I'm too straight a little bit from villain talk that in um. Blade Trinity during the production com- uh, process the Wesley Snipes supposed to be a total asshole like a total asshole really yeah. like uh, with Shaw allegedly so he don't get sued um, but like he's seen he was a total asshole throughout the entire thing all he did was uh, smoke weed and late for his takes nearly all of the non-close-up shots are dub- body doubles he only did close-ups the entire movie like and everybody else every other shot of him is a stand-in so if you see any shot in Blade Trinity that's not a close-up of Wesley Snipes or him doing dialogue it's all stand-in so to give David a score or some sort of leeway in terms of Blade Trinity, why it was so shit when you have your central protagonist yeah, phoning no, it that. in. Yeah, phoning it in. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, yeah, no, that's no, shit. No, that's, fuck that. Yeah, that's a big issue. But like, the, when you compare the villains, that's something he had control over. 
Dominic Purcell was an interesting casting, um, and I'm sure it was obviously because of Prison Break success at the time. Him and well, went, that, that put him on the map. Always, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, him and Wentworth Miller, who ended up both being in Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, as well, like, yeah, yeah. Um, Wentworth Miller was amazing in Legends of Tomorrow when he was in it as well. But like, I just think that if you look at the villains, that I think they just went in the wrong direction. I understand what he was going for. Uh, like this is what Blade should have been. Or no, or this is what vampire should have been. I'm not sure, like, because like, it's like this is the perfect version of a vampire. But I think why he should have went the Demoskinos route. This is the most horrific version of what a vampire is. Yeah, and that's what Guillermo del Toro. That's it. it should have been. It should have been a disgusting, yeah. like ancient, yeah. primordial creature. Like the master. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, do, you ever, do you ever watch The Strain? Like, no, the, uh, I only he, ever seen the first episode. Check out The Strain because there's these characters called ancients in it, and they're disgusting and they're old because they, they've been. Um. Uh. What's the word? Look for the 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 vessel or whatever they're in has been under the influence or has been for so long. Yeah. That uh, yeah. The virus has rotted away everything that we remain human about the original vessel. Pretty much. You know what I mean. So that's what I think the direction maybe they should have gone with Drake or Dracula. They should have leaned into the whole lore a bit instead of trying to modernize it and trying to say, "Oh fuck you, Lord." I doubt if he turns into mist, but shape shifting we're not hundred percent sure on. Like, if you think a person can shape shift. Can they not like change their shape into mist? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. I just thought it was weird. Just like this part of the lore is stupid, but we couldn't like this part of the lore. So that's yeah, but that's it. That's you know what that, I mean. That's what the, the horror film was so fucking joyless. Mm. You know that it's so incoherent. The characters were so like joyless. zany yeah. instead of fucking you know. Yeah, just like Resident Evil. I'm trying to be cool. Cool shots. Let's look at Jessica Biel's yeah. ass and leather. Like yeah. I'm Triple H. I'm a, I'm a I'm a vampire and a tank of a man. Yeah. But I love my little Pomeranian yeah. added to Reaper because he's got layers. Yeah, because he's got layers. and his just name like, is like something Grimwood or some bullshit. I don't care. Jericho Grimwood. Like shittest name ever. And, and he's supposed to be like in the higher. Silver teeth? But he was like they were the higher echelons, even yeah. higher than Frost mm-hmm. or any of his elk or even the the elders. Uh, this was like the highest echelons of of what was left of the vampire, and we were just yeah. thinking it was so cheesy and uh play like like billionaire playboys yeah. more so than something like really evil and yeah. And there was no fear, like not that it was a horror movie, but there was no fear in it. Yeah, there was no fear. There was no feeling of horror no. in comparison to the first two. Yeah, the first one to me feels like a techno horror. Yes, and the second and techno horror is yeah. nice. And I the like second that. one to me just feels like you know old school, like a yeah. modernized more goth. gothic as yeah, well, like yeah, a, yeah. a modernized goth movie. Like yeah. you know what I mean, like. And that's what they, they set their tone in horror because when you're dealing with a subgenre such as the vampire, your background, where does the vampire come from? The fucking horror genre. So if you incorporate a vampire into your superhero genre, you're going to have to incorporate the subgenre he belongs to, yes. which is the horror genre. And that's what the first two did. They had their completely different takes, but both of them achieved them quite well, except for, you know, the special effects at the end of part one's atrocious. But, you know, it's limited by its time. I'm limited by my technology. Yeah. But um, the third one, though, it just... Like, I don't know, I just didn't, like, incorporate as, like, the horror into it at all. They tried to just make an action movie. Like, there's no horror elements in part three, in Blade Trinity. Like, remember in Blade, in Blade 2, where Jared Nomack's like, it's like, he doesn't know where a facility is. He does now. Yeah, yeah. And then the alarm starts going yeah, off. It ha- yeah, like, oh, it had shit, intensity, yeah. like, you know. And, in and the third film never had that. Do you remember? Because the they were always though? trying to set it up with product placement and shit Exactly, like, that. like, you know what I mean? Like, and But the scene in Blade 2 where uh, they open up after Jared Nomad comes into the facility um, and he's like, the camera pans up and it's like blood. And then you see legs of people, and then you see bodies of people, and then it's just a pile of people. Yeah. And Jared Nomad's at the top feeding on the latest victim. 
that's real horror. Yeah. Like, you know, that's, and that's why it makes the invasion so of the body snatchers. That's what we're talking about, this grey yeah. area that we're trying exactly, to explore. Yeah. Like, yeah. And the third film doesn't belong in it. It just happens to be the end of our trilogy, so we have to talk about it. Yeah, and, and like that's the problem with part three, that I didn't re try to recapture the tones from part one or two. Like, even though, if, to me, when I look at the three of them so closely together, it feels more like a sequel to the first one than to the second one. But it doesn't recapture the same tone because it's too bright. It's too like illuminated. Like nearly everything's like in an office building or some shit. And like it's like, oh, we're vampires. We're gonna hang out in office buildings that are known for having massive windows. Like you know what I mean? Like like the one place is least conducive to vampire activity I mean. should be like an oh, office building. God. Like you know what yeah, I mean? We're like, all the, we don't have walls. We just have windows. Yeah, like if you look at Damascus's lair in uh, Blade Two, the whole thing has got artificial light. Yes. It's all enclosed. Where does he um hang out? Subterranean. Yeah. Like the the penthouse, if you want to call it that, has like a big massive shutter that blocks out the entire front of the building. Like you yeah. know what I mean? It's like everything is catered because to the be sun a vampire. Is, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, that's the that, that, when you look back at it, the turret literally has nothing going for it. Yeah. Nothing. And that's the major problem. Like and like as we say oftentimes with superhero movies, you got a weak villain, you got a weak story. And what part one and part two had was incredibly strong villains in the shape of Deacon Frost and Jared Nomack. And even though part three had so many frailties, the major problem with it in comparison to the first two is set for tone is that his villain was weak as fuck. And like the Blade trilogy, one thing it always had was strong villains. So you had strong movies. And because Blade, Tree, or Blade Trinity had such a weak ass storytelling structure, not only that, and the tone was like so off kilter compared to the first two, its villain was weak ass. It wasn't fleshed out. And when you come, you have a, a Deacon Frost who had, as you said, he came first, so he was able to impact Blade's origins. He created him. He turned his mother. And then you have Jared Nomak, who was this next strain of vampire, had all these links to the vampire royalty as in Damaskinos and Isa and all this. And is also a layered and compact and beautifully told both films yeah. in completely different ways. In part three, it's just one big long music video, um, one big long Amber Crombie ad. One big long ass shot of Jessica Biel, one big long fucking cheesy joke of Ryan Reynolds, and all of that time could be better spent fleshing out Dominic Purcell's dream. Agreed. Yeah. And that's why Blade Trinity fails where Blade One and Blade Two succeeded. You get the fuck out here, motherfucker. Fuck out here, yeah. All right, so motherfuckers, that was the Blade trilogy. I hope you stayed with us to the end. That was Invasion of Darksiders. Uh, Invasion of Darksiders. <laughs> Invasion of Darksiders. <laughs> uh, uh, that was Invasion of Darksiders. I'm your host, Vince Green. I'm your host, Noel John Tui. And, uh, and we got Carmack in the back. And we'll see you next time with uh, Halloween, I think, is coming up next. So see you next time, motherfuckers. Peace. Peace.